The term squally is uh, defined loosely as a person prone to wild and thuggish behaviour. The word's often associated with young men in our society. So then why has my next guest chosen it as her moniker? Uh, is it to do with society often, disappro- often disapproving of uh, women with strong personalities and alternative voices? Possibly. Uh, Laura Vindervogel, and I really hope I'm pronouncing that right, she'll tell me in just a second, a.k.a. Lady Scully, uh, asks the questions with her art that many of us are too afraid or too uncomfortable to, and her work is centred around uh, sex and gender. Her exhibition, her current exhibition, Lust Politics, is on at the Tyburn Gallery in London. And uh, Scully joins joins me on the line now. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You... And can I just say anonymous was great. How great How great was anonymous? Yeah. <laughs> in fact, both of our anonymouses were excellent. I love to get a chap and a, and a, and a, a lady in uh, letting us know. I thought that was spectacular. Why not for go sure. on the radio and say that you're sexually active over 60? I would. Listen. I love it, yeah. <laughs> um, thanks again. You are so busy and are having such a cracking year so far. Before we talk yeah. about uh, lust politics... Um, Let's talk about Scully. Um, do people mm. know, particularly people in London, did they know what you meant when they saw your, when they read your name on a page? Did you have to explain it to the very proper people at the Tyburn Gallery? I had to do multiple interviews where I get asked the same question over and over. Yeah. But it's completely fine. Everyone was super interested, and that's the great thing about showing in London, is that people are really hungry and thirsty for South African and African art in general. So... They have the time, you know, as long as you want to explain it, they have the time to listen. <laughs> Before I, we talk about uh, lust politics and, and, mm. and go into it more, how did it even come about that, uh, that you're now exhibiting in London? And congratulations, by the way. Um, it was actually quite an organic um, thing. Um, the, own, the one director of the gallery, Tyburn Gallery, Emma Menel, she actually saw my work um, that was called Wartentot Scully at Cape Town Art Fair last year. Um, and so she approached me basically from there. She saw my work and really loved it. And the gallery, they have been very good to me. And, yeah, they showed me at 154, which is the African Contemporary Art Fair mm. um, in London, and it went really well. Um, we tested the waters, and then they brought me over for a solo show. And it was incredible. I loved it so much. How important is it for you to have uh, success or, or recognition outside of South Africa, outside of Africa? Mm, I think for any artist, it's very important to have success. Just because it's obviously, I feel like in South Africa, it's not always something that you think is commercially viable or financially viable. And um, to be an artist, and you, you kind of have to take a lot of risks, and you kind of have to... Um, make opportunities for yourself. So I think it's very important for me and I'm very honoured that I got to have a show so early on in my career. I have to have an international solo and then sell really well and be able to be there at the same time. It was an honour. You are a hell of a brave when it comes to to your art. Um, Why do you think that people are still afraid to talk about sex and gender and patriarchy um particularly when the discussion is started by a young woman it's i don't know it's one of those weird ironies of life is that we're all doing it we're all thinking about it we're all talking about it actually but it's still a very taboo thing and i think i felt that early on i started doing this kind of genre about four years ago and i used to have these parties where I talk about Alfred Kinsey and I would Mm. have lube companies sponsored and 
Now, obviously, I understand that it was more kind of informal research for the paintings I wanted to make. But at the time, I really wanted to just stimulate a dialogue around something I think is quite obvious. And I think, especially in South Africa, a place where sexual atrocities and bad things sexually is so rife. Um, We don't talk about the positive sides of sex. We don't talk about the logistical sides of it. Um, And I think that's to our own detriment. So, yeah, for me, it's all about dialogue. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, and it's yeah. quite the dialogue that, that you started and, uh, and you're to be celebrated for that. Tell us a little bit more about Lust Politics then. Mm. Lust Politics is funny. It, I mean, I'm quite well known for my windows, you know, with the fruit and yeah. the genitals yeah. and all of that. Um, but for this, I went a bit deeper. I went a bit into my own, what I perceive as my own culture as a, as a coloured woman, mm-hmm. um, you know, references to Khoisan culture. I basically wanted last politics to be about how political it is to be a woman, and especially a woman of color in not only South Africa, but in the world in general. And I think the way that the work has been accepted by people and really, like I get so many emails daily from women who go and see the show. And the way they've reacted really makes me feel like, even though it's hard to be a woman here, it's hard to be a woman everywhere. Yes. And it's something other women and sometimes men can also relate to, and that was very great for me, was that the audience was readily accepting and they, they want to talk. That's the thing, everyone's still thinking about it, but no one really wants to just engage. Yeah. So as soon as there's one person that admits something, it's like a slide. It's quite funny to watch because it happens without fail. Do you think <laughs> One that, person says something. Yeah, exa- exactly. Do, do you think that men get your work? Like, really get it? At the beginning... It was weird. I think there were men that were gratuitously pretending to get it yeah. because I think, you know, I mean, sometimes men can be quite simple like that. So they see me paint a banana. So that must mean I want your banana. Mm, you know, mm, and then oh you dear. get very literal kind of reactions to work. But I think that that some men get it. I think that other men don't. I think some women get it. I think other women don't. I get women that inbox me and tell me, terrible things as well. Um, I don't know, I call them the custodians of rape culture. But you get women who's also quite averse to the work I do as you get men that are quite offended and, and say things like, I want to mobilize women to be anti-penis and anti-men, um, you know. So I think, yeah, it goes both ways. Do you, how do you feel about that? You, you don't sound particularly bothered, Scully, I'll be honest. I think... That's sort of part of my, um, my mother calls it kaniwarini attitude <laughs> because I really often don't care what yeah. people think. And I think that helps with um, speaking the truth and, say, and saying what you think or what you perceive is your truth. And if other people relate to it, that's great as well. Do you think of yourself as a role model? Because, I mean, here you are, this this strong, young, coloured woman doing her thing. You're having success overseas. Um, mm. you know, and, and as you say, it is, it's it's hell of a tough out there being a... Being yeah. a I was going to put myself in the young category, but maybe not. But a young, <laughs> uh, a young woman of colour, not just in South Africa, but, but, uh, but, yeah. a, but across, across the world. Do you see yourself as, as a, a role model for, for younger women and younger guys? I think that the concept of a role model is an interesting concept within itself. So, I mean, if I am your role model, that says something about you, I think. Because I think if, if I'm perceived as a role model by someone, that 
makes quite an interesting choice, you know, like someone who paints fruits and talks about sex and herself a lot. Like that's a funny role model, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say I'm a role model. I would say I'm a different type of role model maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk, let's talk more about, about art full stop. How, okay. how accessible uh, is, is art? I mean, and how accessible in particular is, is your art to, to most people? I mean, it's funny. I went to a fine art school, so obviously I have a very... Some of us have that, you know, purist thing. You know, you're a person of color and you go to a fine art school and you feel very privileged and you and you have certain ways of thinking about art. And I think halfway through me going to fine art school, I realized that, especially in South Africa, the art world is very Eurocentric. It's very white-dominated. And so... It's hard for a uh, emerging audience to to kind of find a foothold in in how they want to perceive art. And so for me, I've always found it a bit alienating. And even though my mother paid a lot of money for me to go to to find art school, she herself never felt comfortable within a gallery structure, even if it's my work showing. Sure. Um, and I think I was very aware of that type of discord between mm. the audience and the work. And so for me, it was always very important um, to make work that made people feel some kind of way. It, it, it didn't have to be the type of work that you had to read 19 essays about before you understood it. Um, I really like work that strikes something within you and that you can look at it and you can feel many feelings. And that's before you've even read my captions, you know? Um, so I think that I think that for me, uh, the fine art world is not an accessible thing, even though I myself was in it, you know, mm. I studied it, I worked in the gallery system for a while. And so I think it's one of those things that we need to claim back for ourselves and figure out what type of context we want to be seen in and what type of gallery we, what, what type of gallery comes out of Africa basically what I'm saying. How much does social media help you uh, in terms of accessibility? Because as you were talking about, I think that's so interesting what you were saying about your mom. you know, as much as she's the one that financed you going to fine art school and yet didn't for mm. herself feel comfortable in a, in a gallery. But but if, if a gallery can be at the tip of your fin- fingertips, and I'm not, saying yeah. it's, I'm not saying it's okay that your mom didn't feel comfortable in a gallery. I mm. think certainly... Um, there needs to be discussion and progress in that area. But if the gallery can be at the, the tip of your fingertips, presumably yeah. that suddenly makes you a whole lot more accessible. I think that social media has taken a lot of the power away from the traditional gallery setup, which is very exciting because it means your work can be consumed by many people. You can reach many people that you wouldn't normally reach if your work was stationary within one physical space. Um, at the same time, I do really respect the gallery space in a way, you know, um, for its bravado and it's for its beauty and how tangible it is and all of that. But social media, oh my God, it's helped us so much. As artists, like for the first two years um, before people were trying to sign me and things like that, I would put up a catalog. You could go, you could download the catalog, look at it in your own home email me back, tell me what you want. And I was independently working like that. And I think social media helped me a lot. Um, I love social media. I think it's a great tool to use, especially for young artists, if you have internet access. And yeah, I think it's an, it's an important thing to change how we perceive um, what the art economy should be.
Sure, indeed, indeed. We were talking about your mom just there. How do your parents feel about your work? Because I mean, <laughs> let's face it, it's um, it's, it's some of it's pretty eye opening. Some of it's pretty leg yeah. opening. I mean, I used to have a radio show, and then I used to do crazy things like fly to Joburg to um, review Sexpo and interview porn stars and things like that. And I think they were always pushing me towards, you know, the liberal arts side. And until I actually went there, and then my mother was like, "Come Laura, come Ali, sex, CEO, sex," you know. Um, and I think it's a normal thing to ask, but I think that once you start paying your own way, and they realise. Oh, the pussy prints actually pay for yeah. things. Yeah. I think that's, <laughs> that with colored mothers, that's always, um, survival is always a good sign of. <laughs> No, absolutely. And it's, you know, yeah. it's funny, I'm thinking about, you know, and people say to me about my mom, um, how does your mom feel about the fact that you go on and, and talk about lubricants and, and various things at all hours of the day and night? And I think at some point, the pride uh, just overcomes the horror. <laughs> the, yeah. And it's exactly. just, you know, and suddenly before you know it, she's knocking on the neighbour's door going, listen, <laughs> look at this. Did you see Laura in the Mail and Guardian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think exactly. my mother only started respecting me when I was in Sari for the first time. <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That is so That is so fabulous. That is so fabulous. Listen, you presumably yeah. have uh, one heck of a crazy life. Would you ever feel like you would settle down and go into a, a nine-to-five job, or would it drive you absolutely demented? Um, I really love money, so if it's – no, I'm joking. I wouldn't <laughs> – um, I tried that. Um, and it made me crazy. I would just do my art things on the side anyway. And I think that, I think, yeah, my partner always says, remember, this is the life we chose. So, you know, like as an artist, you have to understand certain things. Like I call it being erratically rich. Mm. When you have a lot of money, and then all of a sudden for four months, you have no money. Oh, yes. And so I think in those ways, um, you have to be clever, you have to be disciplined, you have to make provisions. You have to plan, and planning is something I was never very good at. Yeah, I was going to ask you, were you good at all those things? Because in practice, that <laughs> no, sounds awesome. No. <laughs> not not at all. And and also, I think um, often artists step into the trap of splurging because we feel we deserve it and we empty ourselves out for this one show, you know. And so I would come home and buy three pairs of Jordans, you know, in the first years. Mm. And then my, my partner's a strategist, and he had to be like, you know, you actually have to start thinking about long term. And so I think, yeah, I think, I think one way of, of switching the way we see art and, and switching the way um, we survive as artists um, is pinnacle for us to get good at things like freaking admin, even though it's so annoying. Um, so I've been really trying. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Um, your, yeah. You have your fans. Um, fans. What an awful word. You know, appreciate. <laughs> Sorry. Can I take that back? Yeah. Can I take no, that no, back? No, no, it's fine. That was appalling and I've embarrassed myself. Um, <laughs> no, your, your art appreciators. Is that better? Yeah. I don't, you know what I mean. Um, they, they presumably span all ages, races, genders the the lot of it um yeah how what's that like because that i mean that surely got to be the real um the real kind of identifier of success isn't it when as uh, across a broad spectrum people don't think what you do is awful i i get like daily i get surprised by people that inbox me and people that 
like my stuff and then I'll go on their profiles and see what, you know, just want to see what type of people they are or mm. just what they project on social media. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a diverse group of people. It's a, a huge amount of people of different ages and so on. But last year I was super interested in, you know, algorithms and stats and things like that. And so I started figuring it out that a lot of, a lot of the women who follow me are actually over the age of 30, um, unmarried, no children, they have money to spend, um, they feel that they are like anonymous and sexually active and, you know, independent and empowered. And so that was cool for me to understand that um, there's a big bunch of people that I want to speak to that I am actually speaking to. Mm. I think sometimes the social media is funny. You're not always sure. You're throwing something out into a giant pool and you don't know who's actually latching onto it. Well, but it's... yeah, it was cool to last year kind of see um, the patterns and yeah. see what type of people were into my work. Scully, one person who is a huge fan of yours is my producer, Mally, um, who has seen you at the... Bi- yeah. He just said, I've seen you at the Biscuit Mill a number of times. <laughs> okay. And he's got a... You he's, always say that and they never say hi. He's got a, yeah, exactly, I know. <laughs> say like, something, Mally. <laughs> so, uh, so you've you've certainly got a fan, and uh, and I'm so delighted for you uh, with the success of uh, the success of Lust Politics. Um, I, as somebody who is a complete and utter Neanderthal when it comes to art, um, I've mm. kind of started to realise the older I get that it's okay. I don't have to have. Um, I don't need to wax lyrical about a piece of art. I can just say whether I like it or or I don't like it. I like people who don't know a lot about art. Thank goodness, their opinion is great. Thank and goodness. My partner, when we went to the Tate, he was like. You know when you go to a gallery and, and you give a paper to a child so that they can sit and interpret what they see? That's yes. kind of like the first way you get children into art. He's like, I think I should be doing that, but I'm 30. I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and your partner need to have a conversation because I am, I'm, I'm I, in fact, I, I'm recalling a time when I went to the date and was absolutely baffled um, and just found yeah. myself nodding, nodding along. But th- there's something wonderful that happens when you see a piece of art and something happens inside you. For me, it's the same as when yeah. you listen to a piece of music. And that's I'm kind of at the point now where I think that's all I need to know. I don't need to I don't need to have uh, art, exactly. the book of art. You feel it in your chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel it in your cool. chest. This has been such a treat for me, and I'm so delighted that you uh, that you were able to join us. Thank you so much. Congratulations no from Thank all you so of much us here. Me. No, you are welcome. And uh, and please do come back cool. again when uh, when you've got a, an exhibition in Cape Town. For sure. Have a good night. Thank you so much. Bye. It was uh, the artist Lady Scully there talking to us about her uh, her life, her art, and her exhibition.